Warning, the following podcast is discussing Ender's Game and all affiliate novels. If you haven't read them, and you want to keep spoiler-free, don't listen. If you like Ender's Game, listen. Space bugs. Moral conundrums. Child soldiers. Child sociopaths. Naked children. Child murder. Animal torture. Homosexual undertones. Butt wigglers. Homosexual overtones. You can find all these and more in Ender's Game. Hey everyone, welcome to My Arms Are Lasers, the podcast where we explore works of science fiction as fans of science fiction. Huzzah! Along with me are some people, and we're going to go around the table. (laughs) Thank you. Yes, and we're going to have them introduce themselves and answer the question, what is one thing that you'd like to see invented in the future? I'll go first. My name is Nick Allen, and I would like to see Zeppelins make a return. My name is Matt Lohman. And I either want the self-driving highways from Minority Report, because I live nine miles from my office, and it takes me 11 days to get there and 11 days to get back, or I want a device or a pill that keeps dogs as puppies forever. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Ellen Tremity, and I could really go for some teleportation to get to and from places save on travel, or those time travel devices from Total Recall. Or no, the um, vacation simulators. Oh. Oh, okay. oh, she wants dirty mind sex vacation. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Respect. Also, her teleportation trumped Matt's transportation. Well, maybe. Ellen, if, if I may go on our first of probably many tangents, <laughs> would you still live in Los Angeles if teleportation <laughs> was an option to get to your job? Yes. Okay, interesting. Because you could you could live in Hawaii and teleport to your job in Los Angeles. Well, I think I would use it more for vacations. Is that short sighted of me? I, I mean, you're you're gonna use teleportation (laughs) all the time. Like it's gonna be you're gonna be like, why would I ever try? I'm just gonna go to the bathroom. But what if what what if it slowly breaks down your body so you can't do it all the time? This is a different conversation. So there's a fa- <laughs> all right. What if it had Anyways, a Faustian bargain? Our fourth member of this podcast. I, I'm Aaron J. Waltke, and I would love them to invent shrink rays. But preferably shrink rays that uh, you wouldn't starve to death when you're in your small miniature form. Because, and let me explain this for a second. It, in most movies where people shrink down, they always have this wonderful, wonderful scene where they're like, wow, this pie that was a normal-sized pie is now like a million pies. And they all eat, you know, giant pie, and they think it's great. But you have to remember that the pie is still normal-sized, meaning the molecules that they're ingesting are still normal-sized. So if they were to eat that pie, they would have molecules that are essentially... 3,000 times bigger going into their system and killing them. But then so, how do like yeah, how, do, like how do ants bugs, eat? Yeah. Because okay. bugs are made from the same size molecules as us. So now we There's know a discrepancy. what Aaron's problem <laughs> with Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yep, was. they should all be dead. <laughs> I, think we should, I think we should scrap our normal discussion and explore this because this is out of left field. And I'd really like to go down this rabbit hole. Ender's Game. By Orson Scott Card. All right, so child genius, 
Andrew Ender Wiggins. Yes, Andrew Ender Wiggins. A third. All the hope of humanity rests on his shoulders as he's groomed to be the commander that will command humanity against a race of space bugs. It takes place in the near future, and it's about 80 years after Earth has been invaded by buggers. Uh, Yeah, it is after the second invasion. Well, the first invasion was then we happened across them in our solar system, I think. And then they attacked us. And then the second the second attack was the buggers, this insect race, sent uh, an armada to come try to colonize Earth now that they knew we were here. And then... The <laughs> they were repelled. They were repelled. By the, the almighty... Mazarakim. Mazarakim? This is a part I wanted to discuss on the podcast. Ender's uh, mentor, Mazarakam. Yes. Is that the pronunciation of his name? <laughs> Isn't it was, Rackham? I thought it was Rackham. Yeah. Mazer Rackham. Mazer Rackham? I always heard Mazer Rackham. Yeah. Mazer Rackham? Like, like, literally like the Jay Sherman noise that he makes on the critic. Like, Rackham! But he's supposed Rackham. to be like New Zealand. Yeah, he's like yeah, a New he's Zealander. Ma- he's Maori. Yeah, so should it It's the, the future. Everything's should, everything. Should we throw the, how can I put this, the Hebrew lilt on it? Mazer Rackham. 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 Rakham? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's like Mazer. Like, no, no, no. Actually, they make a big deal about that in the book, that every other uh, every other commander in space were Jewish, except for Mazer Rackham. No, they, they were the, the... It was a position that was held. Um, Rose Dino's. Right, uh, Rose, but Rose Dino's was like, maybe you didn't notice, but every other commander no. was Jewish. No, it's like it's a specific, <laughs> it's like a specific title. It's like a stratego or something. It sounds like a board game. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, didn't you know, like, like Jewish strategos are. But I, I are just, li- I just listened to this passage the other day, and he was like, and he was like, of course it didn't hold up because Mazer Rackham, of course, wasn't Jewish. He was just a Maori guy. Maori <laughs> is, is a no, tribal, I, they, like they, an Aborigine. There was definitely like like a specific title. It was yes. like a Stratego or something. That is in the book. I can confirm that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, there's like the Stratego. Stratego but they made a point to point Hegemon out. How do we pronounce not. Stratego? Stratego. Stratego or Stratego? <laughs> Stratego. Stratego. I am on board with Stratego. Stratego. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The monitor. I yeah. forgot about that. It's in this future world. Uh, all kids of of note and of promise, like the, the basically the kids who would be put in the like this not the special ed class but the other ones, the <laughs> gifted the gifted in the AP gifted class, they have these monitors implanted into their spinal cord that allows this sort of big brother agency to watch everything that they do, and and see how they react to things and see if they are the right stuff to be made into space commanders. Which sounds kind of interesting, except there's this terrifying moment when they're like, all right, we think Ender, this Andrew Wigan kid... Yeah, he's possibly the one. He's possibly the one. So let's go ahead and rip that monitor out of his head. And then they do that, and he starts convulsing in a seizure and almost dies. And and then the doctor is like, oh, uh, we almost disconnected his brain. Oops. It happens. My bad. Monitors. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Well, don't they take that off of him because they are not going to work? No, I, no I, they I thought, took it off to see how he'd handle it. Right, because mm-hmm. it's, it's not until he, you know, beats the crap out of that kid. Well, no, what happened was they figured out he was good, but they also figured out that he was sheltered. So they wanted to take it off because as soon as they took it off, 
the all the predators in his in his little biosphere, his the bullies at school, his and his sedictive his sedictive older sadistic older brother kind of leapt at him because the the monitor was always there. So Keeping no matter safe. what, he always right. had that safety right. net. So they were like, let's see what happens, how he reacts. He doesn't have a safety net, and then they had. Uh, one of uh, one of the first life lessons <laughs> yes. of the of, of Ender's life that he passed on to the reader of uh, you win this fight and every fight after it. So he basically mulched the bully's genitals, kicked no. him when he was down over and over again to uh, to basically. And when they saw that, they saw oh he's practical and ruthless. Oh, they're mm-hmm. like Ender. Why did you do that? And we should, we should answer- probably discuss they. Oh yeah, they the international fleet. Is the one that are the people that monitors this? Um, the IF. They're the essentially IF, right. the space police, <laughs> the space army, mm-hmm. as it were. Which they're includes, monitoring this. includes uh, Colonel Graf. Yes, because they're like, oh no, Mazer Rakim's dead. We need a new commander. Will someone please lead us? Maybe this child genius is the one. <laughs> yep. The Clearly, we need some children. <laughs> Clearly, we need a child in command of our fleet. <laughs> Spoiler alert, it worked out. It worked out, well, it worked out real good they, for humanity. So they pick him because he says that he fought so hard so that he would never be messed with again. And oh, that, yeah, right. that's what they want. I love his answer for this. It's like, I, did, I, didn't, I didn't want to win only win this fight. I wanted to end the, every fight afterwards. Right. So that, so that, And then the IF just splooshed. <laughs> you have to yeah. send a message. Yeah. <laughs> Bottom Ender, line. Ender sent a message, so any other bullies who were like, Wigan is Wigan's an easy target. I'm gonna get his lunch money every day. And they're like, Oh, if I'm not successful in the first run, when I am on the ground, he will kick my genitals until I stop moving. <laughs> Let's not mess I, with Ender. And that's I that's actually not the first or that's not the only time that he employs the genital kicking tactic in the book. If it hurts it works. I got a question for you guys. If someone was monitoring you as a six-year-old, what would they see, and how would they be dismissed? They're like, this is not our leader. They would probably be like, why is he spending most of his summer building an artificial island in the middle of the creek of his backyard? <laughs> I don't think he's commander material. He is unbelievably obsessed with X-Men cards. <laughs> he doesn't even have most of them. He has a quarter of them. And he hoards them like treasure. <laughs> he has no concept of the big picture. I don't know. I, I don't know. I think I was kind of like Valentine. I think they, they would be like, she's kind of serious and weird. I no, don't know no, about her. No, the Wigan family was handpicked. Yeah, and, and Ender's home life is kind of effed up, honestly. Because it's weird. He's super in love with his sister. He's super in love with <laughs> yeah. his sister, Valentine, who's the empath. And then... Uh, he is terrified of his older brother Peter, who is the definition of a sociopath. He would yeah. definitely He's a comic show book up. villain. He yes. would. He would definitely be hunted by by Hannibal or the crew from Special Victims Unit. Yeah, the, or the, Dexter. Or Dexter. He would definitely be like an early season Dexter when yeah. it was still good. Like you, you know, you had that banter with your your siblings, and like you're you're you know, if you have an older brother or sister, they might be like, oh yeah, yeah, you're you're an idiot. Get out of here, twerp. And Peter's like, Haha, I'm gonna kill you, Ender. The monitor's gone. <laughs> the monitor's gone. I'm going to kill you and burn your body. Ha 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 ha. In your sleep. But also of- secretly, I love you. One of my favorite pas- <clears throat> passages in the book is when Ender talks about finding the like dead squirrels that his brother would leave 
killed in you know in the in the woods. Valentine. Yeah, Valentine like, finds yeah. it. Yeah. Like oh, sp- Valentine finds like it. Like splayed out and open. Yeah. 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 Well, I just, which is in a, a, a sign symptom of psychopathy. Yeah. Right, but in when they d- talk about it, it's sort of this m- moment where they talk about life and death for the kids, and mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like this coming of age moment for them that I think is really well done. I, I if I remember the passage, and I'm paraphrasing. It's basically that at first it's easy to write off Peter's decision to torture animals as he's just a sick mind. But then Valentine realizes that Peter is becoming less homicidal when he when he's killing these animals. So in a weird way, it's sort of like he's doing some odd magic, like a dark magic that's allowing him to be a normal person. Oh, it's not like a release, like, like either, you know, skin a squirrel or kill 70 people. That's a- exactly what it is. But in his mind, he's like, wow, if I kill these squirrels, I, I can think like a normal person. And so, and for, so. For 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, for 24 hours. Then more s- squirrel skinning. So, um. All right, so. Thanks, girl. squirrels. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank thank you. you for taking that bullet for the team. <laughs> Children are disgusting creatures. There is stuff coming out of them. There's they are not hygienic at all. They are messy. And compound that with the fact that it's in zero G, that battle school was probably just filthy. There was just well, slime and mucus and poop and pee floating around in globules everywhere. <laughs> well, it's it's a military academy. They probably got they probably got disciplined real early, real fast. I want to talk about the first time they get in the game, uh, the battle room. Can I say something about what's that? Yeah, that room. I've tried to picture it, but the way that it's described, I never knew what, like w- with all of the boxes and they're moving mm-hmm. things. I could never picture what. Orson Scott Card wanted me to. I came up with something in my head that is vaguely what I guess he was describing, but I pictured it as uh, paintball fields. <laughs> That's the only way I kind of like. It was just you know the, each team has a base on either end, and then you just have all this stuff. Depending on which field you play on, has just different obstacles and stuff floating around in, like, in the it. The middle of a large cylinder. Yeah, yeah. I kind of pictured like a giant. Uh, okay. Rounded off rectangle. Uh, white tiled walls, and then the gray, the gray constellations, the stars, the 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 cover, and then they just had like a little circle on both ends that they were aiming for. That was the that was the goal, or they had to touch the helmets. Right. I just yeah. yeah. Mine, mine was pretty boring. <laughs> mine was just white. Yeah, gray squares, and the room was square. Very. I, I I think I literally based it off of a laser tag arena that I went to <laughs> about the same time that I read the book the first time. <laughs> and I was like, this is like laser tag in space. This is everything I want in a book. And I just kind of pictured like a, a drain pool with a roof. <laughs> just like tiled and like longer than it was or yeah, longer than it was wide. Um, Taller. Yeah, because yeah. they always they always do uh, the enemy's gate is down. Right. And I guess if it was a cube, um, of course I'm not a channel genius, um, but if it was a cube, I think it would be harder to orientate yourself to that line of thinking, whereas if there was longer or taller than it was wider or whatever, you'd be able to orientate yourself better. So the first time they're in uh, the zero G, uh, did you guys catch the inward drop? No. no. That is not in my version of the book. <laughs> I, I, I listened to the audiobook. Uh, and of that course was reco- they didn't do it there. No, <laughs> no, they did not. They weren't dropping the N word in the audio book. Well, uh, I just read this on my Kindle Fire, and 
I guess unlike a lot of people, I didn't read it as a kid. I just read this like maybe eight months ago. Oh. But on the fire, there was an inward drop, and I've printed out the conversation. It's like just where Ender and his friend Eli, like, kind of, they're catching on quicker than the others. And then they're like, shall we, you know, play us versus them? And they're like, oh, we got to get Bernard in on this. Ah, all right. Then Ender said, better invite Bernard. Eli cocked an eyebrow. Oh, and Shin. That little slanty-eyed butt-wiggler? Another racial slur. Ender decided that Eli was joking. Then he went, hey, we all can't be N-words. I was Whoa. reading this. I was like, <laughs> what? Wow. Ender said that? Yes. Ender says it. Well, if Eli's joking, I guess I could just go ahead and turn full-on racist. <laughs> the, the first of many of Orson Scott Carr's problems. Yes. <laughs> this conversation, it continues oh, to God. be worse than that. Eli grinned. My grandpa would have killed you for that. Then he says, my great-great-grandpa would have sold him first. What? <laughs> wow. Then like, All right, let's go. Um, uh, uh, what? And then Orson Scott Card leaned back in his chair, <laughs> tented his hands across his chest, and thought, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty edgy. <laughs> I'm out there. I researched this. Um, apparently, there's a teacher reading to her class that, and everyone, all the kids were like, what? Because all their books said uh, the alternate that is updated. <laughs> I don't think that's even in there. And, you know, when I read that the book had been updated in 1991, they said it was because of, like, the end of the Cold War. They did not mention that. <laughs> oh, this, yeah. They probably just threw this in there. Yeah, because that, that's another bit, big part. Hey, of... with the Cold War ending, um, should we fix some of the other stuff? <laughs> what other stuff? <laughs> um, the racism. Is yeah, there race? Oh, my God, the racism. Because <laughs> I think maybe in the original it was the Soviet Union. It was the Soviet Union was planning on taking over the world after the buggers were defeated. In in my in the version that I've read, and I until I discovered Orson Scott Card's politics um, from like seventh grade to about sophomore year in college, I read this book once a year, and I loved it. It was my favorite book. And in my version, it is the Russian. Is it the hegemony? Hegemony. The, the polemark. Oh, the polemark. So. They have an uneasy alliance with the West, and then as soon as Ender kills the buggers, fighting breaks out between the the Russians and then the the West. And there's like a, a shootout on the space station where all the genius yeah. kids are being kept, and then eventually the Russians all die. Um, so the Soviet Union, the Russians as the other um, as the other dominant superpower, is very much in play in the version I read. Yeah, and it's still the Russians, but I, I can't help but wonder if they if they played that down a little bit more to make it less... Are they just became yeah, the they Russians and not the communists? Yeah, that's what I was wondering. They just became Russians? But apparently, all these different versions are just flying around willy-nilly, available to <laughs> oh, be purchased. The, well, there's the communist version, there's the N-word version. <laughs> yeah, let's make the well, N-word version the easiest one to get. On the Kindle. That's Amazon. The that's one you click crime. a button, and then it just shows up like magic. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently that was changed to, um, yeah, let's get Bernard and Shin. That little butt wiggler? Oh, they took out the, the yeah. The slanty <laughs> yeah. eye part. Jeez. Then Ender decided that Eli was joking. If you didn't hold yours so tight, it would wiggle too. Talking about butts. Little boys talking about butts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And then so it's just yeah, more homophobic. <laughs> that is uh, that is indicative of my experience as a six year old. Just me yep. and my friends talking, talking about, about each butts. other's butts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good time as any to discuss or- Orson Scott cards politics versus the um, you know the books politics. The, obviously, there's been a lot of controversy over the a lot of remarks that Scott Card has made over the last ten years. He is a Mormon. And a, apparently a devout one, even though he writes about child murder, um, and it's and he he is well. This is his skin squirrel. This is his yes. Release. This is his skin squirrel. That's a good analogy. Uh, but apparently he's very homophobic, um, and a lot of people were talking about boycotting the movie because of that, which doesn't make a lot of sense because he's not getting any money. Yeah, but he'll get money on the back end. Yeah, so, I read yeah. an AV Club uh, review of the movie. That was essentially saying that the the movie's biggest fault was that it was an Orson Scott card book, and that that there was sort of like um, a, a warped morality of where the ends justify the means that somehow tied back to his thought that gays shouldn't get married, and I don't entirely understand that logic because the book, most of the series, in fact, is about Ender feeling completely remorseful for what he's done <laughs> he's been tricked into doing right but, i mean i think and trying to atone for it the the idea of the the end justifying the means is really interesting but at the end of the book you know ender removes himself and decides that he would save this race if he could and he can so right so it's like so even, the av club guy had very no idea empathetic yeah so he 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 comes up against that um uh concept and ends up going against it well i mean in terms of i mean the discussion is really going to be do we should we and how much can we separate the art from the artist because the rest of the novels in the ender saga is very much about people beings creatures whatever however you want to define it sentient minds um the energy of the soul whatever you want to do coming together putting aside differences how we can be different and how we can learn from each other and how our strengths can overcome each other's weaknesses and all that stuff. And then the way he talks about humanity makes it seem like he's definitely not a part of that. So, I mean, like, I have not read this book since I found out his politics. So I have not revisited this book since I was 20. Mm -hmm. Um, So I haven't read the book that I read every year for, you know, like 12 years in like 10 years. Um... But there's homosexual tones everywhere in it. Yeah. So oh, I mean, certainly. like, like how much, how much do we do we parse that out? Do we separate the art from the artist? Um, I don't think there's a clear cut answer on that. Um, but you know, there is a lot of great art that's been made by monsters, and it has like very redeeming artwork that has been made by okay. terrible people. I'll stick a pin in that, and then I just want to go around <laughs> okay. the rest of the horn to see how you deal with that because okay. I have, I have, I have a thought on that. Sure, but Ellen. Do you separate the art from the artist? Can do we do we still like the stuff made by monsters? Um, I think it's possible. I think that it's it's also true though that let's say if the option came for me to buy the film later on, I I might not if 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 he gets money for it. So so straight up, if you see, or I mean, this is going to come out much later. If you saw Ender's Game. Mm-hmm. No amount of money from the ticket you paid for is going to Orson Scott Card. He's already been paid. Yeah. He already made his money. However, people are going to see this movie and they might go out and buy the book buy again. The book. Or they might buy the trilogy. Or maybe he's got points on like merchandising. Or it's like it's prequels. It, it is naive to say 
he will get no money if you go see Ender's game. Oh, there's right. uh, of course he'll he'll he, benefit I mean, from this. He's already been paid. He already got paid a lot of money for the rights. Yeah. I don't support piracy, but this might be a case where you should pirate. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Nick, art art separated from the artist. What are your thoughts? I think you can. I wish uh might be a case of ignorance is bliss. I wish I didn't know. But I mean, I think you can. In my opinion, until I read that pa- you brought that passage to mind, I didn't think that a lot of the really horrible beliefs that he apparently supports came through in the novel at all. I no. thought I thought the novel actually had some poignant things to say about humanity and how there aren't clear-cut black and white answers about morality. And so, I mean, it's 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 hard to say. I mean, is can you still appreciate Annie Hall even though Woody Allen, you know, married his stepdaughter, is it or his adopted daughter? Can you and there's like and to take it a step further, um there's a famous renaissance composer named Jeswaldo that made huge strides um in polyphony and basically invented modern music in many ways. But he also poured molten lead into like his manservants' veins until they died. So I like how how can you reconcile that? I don't know. Well, let me uh, was try. that inspiration for his symphony? <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> like he had he he did really awful things, and then he created art that made that inspired people to really great things. I'll add one thing. Um, I think if if you just continue to stand up for what you think is right and give to causes that you think are right, if you want to read a book, I would never say don't read something. I think that you can always read something, take something in, but you should stand up still for what you think is right, I guess. Everyone, at some point, by some criteria, impossible, unfair, unknown as it may be, you will, they will be an asshole. You'll be considered an asshole. Everyone in this Everyone at this table, when you have left the room, at some point in your life, someone goes, thank God that asshole's gone. <laughs> Even Mother Teresa. Someone goes like, okay, we get it. You like God. Thank mm-hmm. you. Just stop talking, asshole. I mean, maybe in her younger days, when she, like, cavorted around the Austrian countryside and defied Nazis. Um, I might begin her confused with the sound of music. But anyway, <laughs> is like, you... You can be an asshole. And, like, we live in Los Angeles, and, like, so many creative types and so many powerful types are assholes. Yep. Maybe that's because they're so focused like a laser, or maybe it's because they've been removed from real life where they don't have to deal with a lot of, like, the little stuff, like having to wait in line and having to do stuff for yourself that, like, when they're confronted with that, they become assholes. Okay, I'll give assholes a pass because everyone's going to be an asshole at some point. And, you know, God help me, someday I'll get to be an asshole to, you know, some PA too. But there's a difference between, like, being an asshole and, like, practicing what you preach. You know, I feel like I might be dangerously close to, like, doing a Godwin's Law sort of situation. But, like, John Lennon is 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 a musical artist. As, as long as there's humanity, as long as we exist in the universe, John Lennon and what he has done will be remembered. Okay? He was awful to his first wife. Like, mm-hmm. he would yell at her. He he kind of admitted to beating her, to hitting her, to striking her. Yeah. And that was when he was writing all of those love songs. All those, you know, I'll be true to you, I'll love you forever, let's run away, those kinds of love songs. Bro, do you even mean it? Do we take you seriously? Like, he, he talked about after he met Yoko, and he kind of changed his ways, but then all those songs became about peace, love, understanding. Like, obviously he meant it then. He was writing those love songs about being true and being one and being forever with his wife, whom he struck and constantly cheated on. Like, do we believe John Lennon? Like, does he mean it? Like, 
like Orson Scott Card's not being an asshole. What he is saying is literally poisonous to the human race, to us becoming better than what we were because he's True. saying someone is unnatural. Your happiness is not right. You don't deserve what is in your heart. Which, to be fair, is not really present in the in the book. Yeah, yeah this is making me sad. Can we go yeah. back to talking about actually, uh, wait, child I've, soldiers? Can I have, I have one less one last <laughs> thing to ask about that. Um, isn't it true though that Card's been trying to play down those comments? Yeah, because it's going to cost him money. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. So it's like now he's trying to like back away from well, all these things. The last, he's been the last statement I heard from him was basically this crazy uh, kind of philosophical jujitsu. Or he said, like... He asked for tolerance. He asked for tolerance. Or acceptance. Acceptance of, of people whose views are different than theirs. Yeah, he wanted all the gays to accept, to accept his views as different and then go see his movie. Yeah. Which, I'm not buying that. No, no. That <laughs> no. was The balls on this guy. Yeah. No, that was, that, that was him, a publicist, explaining something to him and him going, So what you're saying is, <laughs> I should flip the script on them. No. We're yeah. saying we want you to go away. <laughs> Don't we say want, anything. We want you to go to that beach house you bought with the check we gave you yeah. and disappear until after this comes out on DVD. <laughs> yes. all, so, all I can say just is that, just to kind of wrap this concept up, for me, I am very conflicted. The best way I've been able to reconcile it is that me as a child reading that book, uh, it meant a lot to me. And it helped me understand some very and grapple with some very complicated moral concepts. And I think I became a better person for it. That every action does not have a black and white resolution. And it helped me as a child. I knew nothing of his politics. I knew nothing of of you know this bad person that is spewing evil into the world who happens to write these interesting books just as a 13 year old kid me the book enders game meant a lot to me at that time and changed me for the better i think see i agree and that happened to me but like as soon as i found it out, i was like I, I i am not gonna waste another second on his words i will not see this movie like even if it's pirated if someone's like here's a thumb drive enders game is on it you should watch it i i don't think i will I and I, I, I and respect I respe- that. Yeah, I respect that decision. <laughs> At least Andrew's Game is a good book, and it's not like Twilight, and it's like double bad. It's like homophobia <laughs> and a poorly written book. My favorite part of the book, the game room. I loved the battles. I loved how seeing how Ender would get out of them, especially when hang he on, stuck. Hang on, hang on, There's the battle room, which is the laser tag room, and then the game room where he which plays is the right. Giants game. Yeah. And the then Giants he, game's okay. different. Okay, <laughs> no, no, so, no, no, no I just want to make sure we're I talking about a, battle room. I have okay. interesting things to say about the Giants game. The, the battle room. Which we will get into. Yeah. <laughs> but I love to see how Ender fought his way out of it, even when they stacked the deck against him. Yeah. That, I, I like that idea of the generals basically making the game increasingly unfair. Yeah, because, like just breaking to, it. He gets accused yeah, of breaking it. To emphasize, yeah, war's not fair. Life's not fair. <laughs> you, It's about how you react to the unfairness. Ender was treating it as kids versus adults. They're like, all right, if he throws this at us, we only need five of us, right? All right, giant hamster ball, go. <laughs> just sprint towards the end. No, no, they, they just didn't engage. Like, he, he had... He had his team engage in like a civil war battle where they just lined up and just everyone got shot. And while they were doing that, five of his people scooted along the walls. Yeah. And then touched helmets. And he's like, You never said we had to eliminate everyone to win. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, Okay, from now on, you <laughs> have to. You, want, 
You won this round, went Ender. (laughs) By the way, can I say... No, it's not against me. What are you doing, Ender? Can can I say, uh, the first time I thought it was brilliant, and the second time when I I was working my way through it, it's a little on the nose how much the stuff he learns in the battle room comes to play out (laughs) in his battles at the end. The enemy's gate is down, Ender. You're right. Yeah, like him scooting around and going through the bed. is like, that's the bugger home world. He just blew up the bugger home world when he passed through Oh, spoilers. Uh, <laughs> it's in the trailer. <laughs> yeah, every trailer and many of the posters show the yeah. ending where he uses the doctor device also, yeah, to blow up. It's been out since 1985. I think it's Yeah, time I think changed. that the statute of limitations has passed on that Why one. are you listening oh, to this? Um, <laughs> the doctor device, um, I do not want to see that in the future, invented in the future. Oh, yeah. The thing that, that literally horrifying. P- pulls apart matter and puts it back together oh, is yeah. dirt. Listen, listen. <laughs> at some point, we're going to fight the Formics or the aliens from Independence Day or the bugs from Starship Troopers, and then you're going to want to blow Nuka up planets. <laughs> that's true. I, I would hang out with the piggies, but that's a, that's a later book in the series. The other game, the Giants game... Uh, in the game room. So, yeah, Ender is given this open world it's it's sort of predicting uh mmorpgs in a way except he's the only one playing it but it's it's sort of like an open world exploration rpg and it learns as it goes it learns as it goes and there's there's uh, no it it reacts to him as he reacts to it and it becomes they use it as a form of therapy for the kids in in the battle school like it's there to to check on his mental health and challenge him as it is, as much as it is just for fun. And as they're watching, they're like, this kid is, is fucked up. up. Yeah. <laughs> like, at one point, he goes into a, a tower, and then... Uh, a giant keeps killing him. A giant keeps killing so him. So the way he gets past the giant is he dives into his eyeball. And scoops out its stuff. And then eats it. And then it's like it's like custard or something. Like, it describes yeah. it as like this innocuous dessert. And then a bird comes up, and he's like, you want some eye custard? And the bird's like, yes, come with me. I'm your taxi now. <laughs> thanks thanks for killing this giant. Oh, and then there's wolves with his friend's faces on it? Yeah. Or is it fam- his family? It's his family. It, yeah, it's his Valentine friends and, and his family. It, it varies. But what does it all mean? I think it's, <laughs> I think it's really just thinly veiled. I think, metaphors. I think, I think, yeah. He's gonna have to, he's gonna have to play dirty to win. Yeah, he will be a small thing against a big thing. Uh, he cannot count on anybody because they will turn on him. He can be the alpha wolf or he can be the prey. Mm-hmm. What else does he do? He goes to the, he goes to the tower and there's a mirror and in the mirror is Peter's face with a snake coming out of the what's, mouth. What's yeah, it, the the they're like, oh, he. No one ever gets to Fairyland or something. Is it like some? It's yeah. like a sprinkle name. It's like yeah. Magic. There's a place called Fairyland that okay. is supposed to be just like this thing that's referenced, but nobody ever gets there. But then when Ender defies the rules of the Giants game, which is the game of the Giant, is that he has to he has to drink from two different cups, and if he chooses the wrong one, then he dies. Yeah, and or so, the Giant eats him or something. Yeah, and like so, if he doesn't do it long enough, the Giant grabs him and bites his head off. No, right? Does, doesn't he get there by going through the mirror, which is he mm. as Peter, uh, and that's how he gets to uh, no. Fairyland? No, the, he get he gets to Fairyland by killing the giant. Maybe I just read a completely different. It's all changed a lot. It's it's very. It, it ends with him, the giant dies, and then yeah. like a city or a playground is made from its bones. Yes, and a then city. he journeys through it, and then he looks behind the mirror, and he finds uh, a formic um, queen, the buggers. He finds the formic queen, and then when he leaves Earth after the war. He goes to a planet, and then there's the giant bones playground that he saw in the yeah. game. And then he finds the tower, and then he finds like the egg of the queen. He's like, "Yeah, 
they'll live again. Well, I actually didn't remember that part of the novel. I thought that happened later in a later book. So then, and I did, I certainly don't remember the fact that they that the the queen's egg was in this cityscape that was built well, from his because, memories of Well, because what happens is is they they communicate through a kind of uh, uh, telepathy. Yeah. Collective ESP. consciousness. What is, um, they, the Ansel device. And like, oh, that's that. how, that's how humanity, because we don't have like faster than light travel or like jump gates or, or FTL or, yeah. or stargates or whatever. So they use the Ansel device to like communicate instantly. So whenever he was using it, the, the, the Formics were watching him. They knew he was coming for them and they knew mm-hmm. they couldn't stop him. Like they knew they were doomed. They had to be wiped out so everyone could start over. And then they, they built this world that they saw in his mind that only he would recognize. So like he gets yeah. down there and it's like, oh my God, it's the playground. It's like, is the tower here? So then he quests for the tower and it's like he finds the tower mm-hmm. climbs it and then the, the egg is in there in that moment he realizes that as he was studying them they were studying him and then he was like like they're like okay this is it okay if you kill us we get it because we didn't understand <laughs> when we killed a human we were killing a genetic line yeah they right. said they thought it was like clipping someone's fingernails yeah, it's like if you kill if you kill one of our drones it's only when you kill a queen do you do you do right. you cut off a genetic line. It's like we didn't get it. We learned that in the Second War. Still, man, that's our our toenails. That's but, but it's like we we we. To- they just think we're filthy. <laughs> we we totally get where you're coming from, and we understand. Here's a queen. You can decide if we live or if we die. That's how the game eventually paid off. Like you thought it was going to be for Graf and all them to understand Ender, but really it was a payoff later for with the with the Formix for him to decide the race. But I, I honestly didn't remember that part when I was revisiting it, and I was like, where is this going? I thought it ended with him finding out that he killed all the buggers. And then it's like, and then he became a mayor for 20 years. <laughs> he was very good at civic life, and Valentine wrote a book. Because everyone was terrified of him. <laughs> I'm just going to call this section, we interrupt this awesome laser tag tournament with a blog story. Oh yeah. <laughs> Peter so, about Locke and, and Demosthenes. Yeah, so while while Ender is on this space spaceship battle school enjoying the main plot, suddenly it cuts back meanwhile on Earth, <laughs> Valentine and Peter are born, so they decide to take over the world right. with blogs. I mean, I liked that it showed that hey, these kids are also geniuses it just shows their personalities that differed why they weren't chosen to be the one it was still a little hard to yeah. grasp the, exactly what they were so achieving i got the blogging. sense blogging on the yeah. net <laughs> well i got the sense that uh, that here's where the, the hang-up with that is because obviously the idea of influencing the world and changing the world with blogs to us is laughable but <laughs> Back when he was writing this, and yeah, the they should have started a podcast. <laughs> yeah, clearly, that's how you get influence. But back in the eighties, when they were when he wrote this, the, the internet was still very much kind of like space age type. Yeah, stuff. It was university to university. Yeah, and so like in his mind, I think he was just projecting forward that oh, in the future. Uh, the internet will just be used for political discussion and intellectual like debate, uh, and he. I don't think he ever would have anticipated what the internet journalism became, which is top ten lists and <laughs> and BuzzFeed articles, cat gifts, funny cats. Gifts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they assumed that the internet was going to be like publishing, where yes. 
he will be reviewed multiple times and the cream will rise to the top and not <laughs> no. that the internet will give everyone a voice and Corgi That's gifts the problem. will crush <laughs> political thought. Yeah. People just want their cat gifts. So my first read through, you know, it was only like a year ago, but I, I didn't mind that part. It was all right. But my second read through, which was like a month, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. I just did not like this. Part. I was like, God, this sucks. <laughs> well, it's because they get back the, to the shooting. They're acting. It, 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 they act as if uh, in the future, all dialogue between all people will be about the future of humanity and the great ideals of how to govern ourselves as a as a, a race well, and a people and. I swear to God, I don't know anybody who talks about that without sounding like a huge dick. Well, it's like, I think it's just the people in Ender's world on Earth, they just need someone to follow. The military right. needs a commander. All the people on Earth need to listen to someone. Yeah. And, and then there is some weird thing where they, they uh, Peter and Valentine both adopt these pseudonyms, Locke and Demosthenes, and then they start getting elected to like these panels and forums but they're still anonymous, so I don't understand how would that works. Fly. So would it be like there'd be three professors like talking and debating, and then there's just like a blog on the fourth I, one? I like, imagine that like Hello, in I am Demosthenes, <laughs> like a yes. shadow figure on a screen. <laughs> yes, I agree. I am Doctor Spitz. <laughs> well, maybe maybe they're just assuming no one's gonna leave, so they can just screen in, and like the professor is like via satellite from yeah. you know his home in Geneva and then this guy is in his home in Rio de Janeiro and they don't hear that it's a child's voice a small girl <laughs> yeah i mean if they're well i think that we should <laughs> well i mean at this point if they're smart enough they could figure out a way to fake it yeah cuz wasn't that the whole point was they like to get greater and greater net access like yeah yeah they lied and like cheated their way cuz like and what's interesting is so peter who is a monster. He's all the worst parts of Ender. If Valentine is like the human side, Peter is the weapon. Yeah. And he becomes the president. Right. He, 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 he is a perfect political creature because he knows how human beings are supposed to act. Mm-hmm. And then he also understands how the world works. Yeah. And he becomes president of Earth. <laughs> <laughs> through blogging. Now, I haven't read I haven't read Shadow of the Hegemon. So, the the well, Peter's reign is still a bit of a, a hazy unknown. Well, apparently me. he becomes a good president and then dies. Yeah. And then he realizes that Ender writes a book that is a thinly veiled uh metaphor for like peace, love and understanding and letting the letting the four mix live. And Peter gets it because Peter's smart, no one else on earth is. And he asks that Ender write him a book. About his life and as like, the speaker for as the, the dead. speaker of the dead, and then like it, beca- it becomes like a trend, like it becomes like a thing that everyone knows. Yeah. Where, like, and that died. sets up the second. Like planning. someone, yeah, someone tells your story, you know, true, truthfully. Do they tell like yeah? They tell the, both the good and the yeah, they yeah. tell both the yeah. good and the bad. Which which when I first read that, I took it to be like a new religion. The second book makes it more clear that like people follow. And then I as I got older, I realized it wasn't so much religion as it was. It was kind of like Confucius versus, you know, Taoism or whatever. Like there's the spiritual side and then there's the self-governance side. And I feel like Ender speaking, you know, doing his speaker for the dead thing and then kind of getting a more a more uh rounded exploration of the views of of the person who's died and who's not with us anymore it 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 was more just kind of like how to be a better person and not a this is a religious ceremony kind of a thing oh i just took it as like uh you know it's like in in the west we wear black to funerals and then yeah in in the east everyone wears white 
Meanwhile, back at the battle school. Meanwhile, during the interesting part of the book. <laughs> shall we present to you a naked shower fight? Ender, yes. Ender nude murders a man in a shower. Yeah. Bone Zones, Gritty. Yeah. <laughs> Bone Zones, right? So, Bone Zone Madrid is basically... Great name. Great, great name. Fantastic name. Bone Zone Madrid. Bone Zone Madrid. He, he's a big dick to Ender. Throughout, from pretty much day one, who Ender finds like beautiful, he's like, he's like, he's like, I would, I would follow this man into battle. I would see as those I see the first gay descri- people are not people. The first description of this was is like a paragraph describing how beautiful this woman is. Yeah, it's like he comes in, he's like, this man is gorgeous. So like, so like his first commander is uh, is Rose Dino's. Uh, the Jewish Wonder no, that's, Boy. That's the second is one. Is it the second he one? He gets transferred Bonzo's, into that one Bonzo's from Bonzo. Bonzo is Commander Salamander. Okay, okay. so so he Bonzo is like the first one that he follows, and he sees what a strict leader, yeah, who, who wants total control. total commitment and control from everyone. Then he sees the relaxed leader, and he he sees how they both get results, and like that shapes him. Only one of them talks about how <laughs> handsome the commander is, <laughs> who then he barehanded murders yes. in the shower. Yep. Because Bonzo can't stand the fact that uh, Ender is a better commander or a better or, strategist, or, or he's he's automatically assumed to be better. And so, like he he intentionally makes Ender lose. Or he can't fire. He can't fire, and or he and receives no training. Yeah. And then, but then Ender uh, at some point realizes that. Uh, since no one is really considering him a threat, that leaves him uniquely open or, to no, take the, out a bunch of people. No, the the army gets wiped out. Yeah. <laughs> so so Bonzo, uh, charismatic commander, not a great strategist. His army gets wiped out. And, gorgeous and gorgeous, <laughs> well, full lipped, bright eyed, tight butt, Bonzo Madrid, tight wiggly butt. Um, so the army gets wiped out, but Ender is undamaged and still whole. Yeah. So the other army is getting ready to perform like the five-headed thing ritual to, to, ritual to, to pass to the to game to win the game. And Ender shoots one of them, and now they have they don't have enough people to do it. Yeah. And like everyone's like, "Oh, Bonzo, you are a genius to hold your force in you reserve." Had a reserve yeah. And then Ender like remembers that, and it comes up later. But Bonzo like is pissed because he can't say, "No, I didn't tell him to do that," but he also like can't acknowledge <laughs> that Ender like helped him. Right. And, and that doesn't help and then later in the shower fight after he gathers all the dudes who are sick of losing to ender after ender gets the <laughs> head of dragon list. army <laughs> yeah uh who was it was like ali or shen or somebody goes no bonzo don't do it he's our only hope and yeah bonzo's like karn carby now i'm gonna murder him <laughs> now he dies i, I kind of want to like csi this fight and, like go break right, it down right. beat by beat doesn't he just like, so, he, like he hits him in the face? Yeah, like it's, his, his, it was his nose one blow. Was in his brain or something. Yeah, yeah one it's, blow. Yeah. It's, it's it's the thing we all learned in middle school that if you strike someone yeah. in the nose hard enough, it pushes the bones into, into their, brain, their brain, which may not be true. But it, as far came, as I it was came concerned, from that book. But like, <laughs> yeah. but like, but like, everyone was like <laughs> on board. It it's like, dude, if I'm ever in a fight. Open palm strike right to his yeah. nose. And I was going to end him. There's that and the temples were the two magic parts well, that would like, instantly kill someone. Well, at the beginning, he's like, I'm going to use my tactic first. Hot water. It will make me all sweaty. Then I'll cover <laughs> myself in soup. And so and he can't be, he'll be driven then, to distraction. When he's like being, he's being grappled, he's being grappled. He's and all he's like, Well, yeah, he's like, <laughs> he well, is. he's like, well, obviously I can't stomp on his feet because that's the first thing they teach you in hand-to-hand combat. Yeah. So obviously. Obviously, I can't do that. I'm like, 
You could do that anyway. <laughs> really? Because that's like Bruce Lee's opening move when someone grabs you, and there's no way you and know. And so more then about I fighting. guess he set, sends his head back into him to get released. Yeah, and then no, he like Bonzo trips and like falls face first oh, yeah, into like it. a fixture. He slides up and uses his powerful legs, his rippling muscle his, legs, his thick muscular haunches <laughs> that, that he's built up bouncing off walls in battle school. And, and he also he also took hand to hand. Yeah, and and headbutts. Bonzo. You guys should see this action that Aaron's doing. He headbutts. <laughs> I'm doing like a, a pop-up gopher and a whack-a-mole. Rusting. <laughs> he headbutts uh, his smooth, noble body. <laughs> his body. battle school trained in, body. Into Bonzo's face. And then whirls around and then kicks him in the, in the nuts. But the way he describes it, uh, that Ender, uh, Ander, Orson Scott Card describes it, he says when he kicks him in the nuts, there's no reaction. Like it was ki- kicking a piece of furniture. And I quote, oh, yeah. <laughs> which basically in, implies that he is, he was he dead as dead. before he hit the ground. Yeah, Ender, Ender, barehanded, mm-hmm. unpantsed, murdered that guy. Yeah. Murked a guy. He kills that kid, and then they're like, hey, you killed that kid. How about you also do three more battles today? And then, and that's when Ender does the, the, I cheated my way to the end, but I still won. And then he's like, I'm not doing this anymore. And they're like, oh, congratulations, you graduated. I beat you. You are never playing against me. Wasn't I? (laughs) Were you? I was. Okay. Yeah. I hate snakes. So then he gets to go on to command school. Well, after uh, you know he spends some time on Earth, he has yeah. He hangs Valentine out, has he to talk to raft. her. Blah blah blah. Right, he has like a mental breakdown. He, he hangs out, and builds a raft on Earth. He squashes a bug, which kind of disturbed me when he was on that boat. Yeah, was, well, it was a hornet or, that was going to kill them or something. Just splash it with water. <laughs> no, because what if it comes back even more pissed? You have to win the fight in every fight. <laughs> yeah. Did you read the book, Nick? Did you learn any lessons I from it? it? So they they threaten his sister, but then and he, he went back. and found the hornet's queen and vowed to restore and the hornet's nest. He wiped out all hornets on earth, <laughs> and he vowed to restore the hornet's nest. <laughs> I did it. I killed the buggers. Uh, you just wiped out all the hornets on earth. <laughs> We're going to die. Everyone's welcome. So at command school, he learns that surprise, Mazer Rackham. Is alive yep. somehow. Dun, dun. No, he's in like like a uh, relativistic orbit. Well, no. What happened no, was yeah. as, a- after the second uh, battle where Mazer Rackham defeated the buggers miraculously, they were like, "Wow, that's great!" But you know what? We're probably gonna have to fight the buggers again now. Hey, Mazer Rackham, our best strategist, go into space for eighty years, and, which just in case, which was only ten years for him. Yeah, because uh, it's like relativistic. Yeah, time and space time travel, warp, yeah. and so the faster you go, the slower time passes for a, a person, and that's I that's guess. true. Is it? Yeah, that like that you can actually measure that. They've they've measured it of like people in the space station that that fly around the Earth at four thousand miles an hour. When they come down, like their watches are hours off from the rest of humanity. So that's what he's yeah. been doing. Yeah, yeah so, so that's what he's been no, doing. No, not like he went out, but then they're like, wait, we need someone to train. So he's like on his way back. Well, I think they just did it on purpose. They yeah. were like, we're like, they knew we're he gonna... wouldn't survive all the way there. They, well, they just sent him out and brought him back because they just wanted him. They just wanted him around to train someone. <laughs> I guess. Did and they like call to him? Like, hey, turn around. Yeah, I guess. And we learned that <laughs> the third invasion is actually. Us invading them, not us waiting around. His wife and his children were all 
died. His every everyone he knew was dead. All because they were like, "Yeah, we want you to just hang around and train some kids. <laughs> we need you to save the human race." We it's, don't know. It's it, it is a little weird that they knew exactly when they were going to need someone. No, to I, train. I I I think they might have had him drop out from time to time, and then like, <laughs> and then he was like training the kid for like a year, and was like. He's not the one. I'm going back on my yeah, jack they, off they said, He said, there's, there's been others, but you will be the last. That's right. Load the cargo bay with pornography. <laughs> and rum. And frozen pizzas. <laughs> rum, frozen pizzas, and porno. Dino nugs. Have they, have they done a reboot of Star Wars? Put those in there. <laughs> I love those when I was a kid. Put them in there. I'm going to go on my little weird jack-off ship, and then you guys come find me when you find the next guy. Oh, uh, yeah, sir. They did uh, prequels to Star Wars. Are they good? Uh, they did uh, them. Uh, you know, check them out. See what you think. What else de- are you going to do in space? There's definitely a thing you can watch. <laughs> okay. Pod racing seems cool. Natalie Portman's hot. <laughs> Whoa, this bad guy's super scary. Is he like the main guy for the entire trilogy? No. <laughs> An old guy is. I want to discuss uh, Rakam and uh, Ender's first meeting. Where Ender wakes up in his cabin, <laughs> and Rakam's sitting there in like a lotus position. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's just, he's just grinning like and, a weird old man. And he's just like sitting there, like watching him, and then Ender's like, can't get out, and he like finally, like, it's like 15 hours later, Ender's like, well, I guess I'll have to beat up this old man. <laughs> he starts beating him up. And then, and then, I have the to old, end. And then Mazer beats the shit out of him. Yeah. Or like embarrasses him. Like yeah. it's a pretty thorough victory. It's mm-hmm. it's basically it's the first time Ender's been Endered, where he is completely <laughs> outclassed and has zero chance of beating his opponent. And then and then Mazer starts to leave, and then Ender's like ah, and kicks him in the back, and and Mazer topples over, and then he turns around, and they just both start laughing. They're like, <laughs> you're the one, and then closes the door. <laughs> Yeah, that was weird. And then they go to the, then they go and they play Missile Command. Yeah. <laughs> over and over again until Ender wins the game forever. He starts getting into these flight simulators where he's having mock what he thinks are mock battles with the buggers. Yeah, and it starts had- slow. He's he has one fighter. Yeah. Then he has two fighters. And then he has, then a, he has a command ship with five fighters. And then then they bring in his, his teammates. His yeah, dream that's, team. Better that's what I loved. It was the dream team of all these kids, the kids that you met randomly throughout the book. You're like, well, never seeing that kid again. I think I have a list. And they're like, oh, it's Petra, and it's Hot Soup, and it's uh, Dink. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Bean. Even Bean's oh, Bean. there. And Shin. And Shin. And Ali. And I, I thought it was a lie. Like, like, high a lie. A lie. I thought it was Allah. I thought he was friends with the guy. The guy in the book on tape said a lie. A lie's fine with me. Yeah. So agreed. So, so a lie's there, and then the point like, of the podcast is confirmed. And then oh oh so Orson Scott Card, uh, uh, super devout uh, Mormon Christian, hates gay people, has a moment where Catholic Polish backgrounded Ender and a lie have this moment where a lie. Uh, what, was oh, yeah. he saying like Asalam or he says Shalom or something Shalom or something? And it's Sal- like he says Salam. Yeah, and then and then Ender remembers like his mom like saying the Our Father over him in his crib. Well, his mom was Mormon. His father no, was Catholic. no, they were Catholic. no. His mom was Catholic. His mom was Mormon and his dad was Catholic. Yeah, yeah. Are they, are they gonna? Are they, yeah, they're arguing over and like the mother like said yeah. prayers over him or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they have this awesome moment. And then like that's how he knows that it's his friends. It's like, oh yeah, your friends are. He's like, I don't know them. They're not my team. And then he he plugs into the to the the missile command console mm-hmm. and he's like, Salam. <gasps> A lie, a lie, <laughs> and then he's like, "Yeah, I'm still here too." Bean, 
Mm. Don't forget hot soup. Hey hot guys. soup. <laughs> dink, 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 dink. Hey dink. guys. Hey guys, it's me, Steve. Oh, <laughs> hey Steve. Don't you remember Steve? Yeah, Steve, I was there. How you doing? I was there when we did the thing. I was in the shower fight. I was in the shitter. <laughs> I, was, I was dropping deuces while you were killing. Kids. I kept knocking on the. I kept knocking on the stall. Hey, what's going on out there? I was trying to help you, man. Maybe, also, maybe turn off the hot water. It's super hot in here, guys. Inter, <laughs> if you're done murdering dudes, could you maybe give some TP underneath the stall? <laughs> Where's Petra? Oh, they 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 brought me Steven instead of Petra. They no, it's I me, Petra. I'm here too. I, he just guy just sat in my my simulator. <laughs> they all come in together and they all control these ships and um, they bring them in for the final. Now, Ender, this is your final. No, no, test. they they oh. have they have several fights and then Ender's yeah. oh, like yeah. he figures out like Petra's really good with exact orders and he can give half of his flight to a lie, right. half of his fleet to a lie. And Bean Bean is can't handle a large fleet, but, but he he's can like use a scalpel. A, he's a small. Yeah, fleet he's like a surgical like a, scalpel. A surgical, yeah, and like he's got like a special team, like one ship from each of his other commanders mm-hmm. that like when Bean summons them, they form his mini fleet or whatever his, his Voltron the bean strike force yeah and like he basically the bean strike five. he basically takes the only friends he's ever had and then strips them down to parts <laughs> doesn't Petra eventually have like a breakdown yeah, yeah Petra because they, they play so long and so hard and so many hours like Petra's like sobbing and like they're, they're dragging her from the console yeah. you can hear it in his headphones yeah, he makes she makes a mistake, like a stupid mistake, because she's tired, and then uh, she comes back, but she's not quite the same. And then he's like, "Oh man, now it just means I I can't use her as well." <laughs> she's damaged goods. She's damaged goods now. The final battle. They they yeah, they bring for the up- first time that they're they're having a battle outside of a planet, and so. But Ender's like, oh, I wonder what how this will affect the you know the, the battle. Thinking about gravity yeah. and stuff, and yeah. then who was it? Someone goes, hey, Ender. The enemy's gate is down. And they all go, oh. is, I actually kind of liked that Which moment. is the first lesson he learned in the spaceship. Yeah. That was, Colonel Graf yep. fucked him. Yep. I liked that moment. He's like, hey, guys, just everyone's nervous, and they're like, hey, the gate is down. Like, yeah. that's the moment where, like in Iron Eagle, he puts in the tape before <laughs> he bombs the people. You know, everything's mm-hmm. going to be all right. You're like, yeah, it's ass-kicking mode. Yeah, because that was like then, that was the moment they thought, oh, no, it's I like play. <laughs> Which, but when you think about it, they all laugh, and like, let's do it, and then you're like, you realize what happened. They literally just murdered an entire <laughs> yeah. civilization, and they're all like, "It's play again, guys. We're having fun." No, and then, and but then, they think it's a. They think a it's game. a game, but then retroactively, you play that out as it actually was, and it's fucked up. Well, Everyone's of, of like, course, it's fucked up. <laughs> well, yeah, they don't know. Like, if they had known, like, no. None of the adults watching them can sit there and be like, they're monsters. It's like, no, we, <laughs> but surely we didn't tell them. Right, on, no, purpose, the on purpose. No, they're not right. monsters, but it's still like they're having fun as they murder an yeah, entire yeah, yeah. civilization. Yeah, 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 like yeah. every other person playing video games. Yes. yes. Well, listen, if there's someone, if someone dies on the other end of the, in the game when I shoot them, I'm very sorry. But I'm also super bad at it. <laughs> um, it's, it's good you went, because I am not good at this game, and if I killed you, you must have been very yeah, bad. Yeah, you, you definitely had it coming. By the way, why is there not an Ender's Game like bugger fighter simulator game? Because there's none of the complicated morality. <laughs> <laughs> so at the end, they reveal you know that obviously they were actually controlling ships, real ships. The f- so the ships fleet full of like eighty year old dudes were yeah. getting no, like, destroyed. No, they had like kids. Like they made it clear. It's like everyone understood. And like they sent like families and stuff. Like, yeah, he oh, was, did they? Yeah, that's he was, even worse. He was in controlling old men. <laughs> 
but no, but I think it's full of kids and Wait, families. I thought sometimes that they were just controlled, like no, they were no, yeah, there were people on the ships, and then Ender would just take direct control over as he wanted. Like he could switch between like the command yeah. ship and like the fire. And that, basically, okay. the commanders were back at base communicating via that the uh, Ansel. Ansel device, or Ansible, Ansible. Which uh, which uh, they I found out in the second read through actually was technology they took from the buggers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which the, the it, when they were clearing out that the base where the uh, on the asteroid, was made. yeah, on the asteroid. So my oh. question is, was the final battle the only time he controlled ships? How far back does it go when he it was actually controlling- is from the moment when Mazer Rackham says you're fighting me now? Every one of those battles was a real yeah. battle. So right. he he was just they're like, fighting like outposts, yeah, and, yeah, and and, 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 and enemy fleets and stuff. What what I thought was interesting is he sits there and he learns all the lessons. The enemy's gate is down. You have to trust your commanders. Hold some back in a small reserve. Yeah. He learns all these lessons, and then for the final battle, the lesson he learns from the final battle is throw everything out the window. And he just bum-rushes it. He just keeps sending ships, and, like, one guy makes it. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, I thought it was interesting was um, he immediately felt bad for the men that he killed. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Ender, they knew they knew the risks. They were happy to do it. And he, like, he thought of the pilot who knew, like, when it fired the doctor device, he wasn't coming home. Or he was never going to see the Earth that he was fighting for. And then only later is he like, oh, yeah, the race. Oh, oh yeah. Right. Oh, the aliens. Oh, shit. I briefly just want to go back and discuss, and this kind of ties in with the books that take place after Ender's Game. I don't know if you guys, have you read the other books? They don't really seem I, I interesting read, to me. I read, <laughs> I, I, say, I read the just... one immediately after, and I cannot tell you what happened. Speaker of the Dead. And I read Ender's Shadow. Okay. Which was, which was I the own book them, me. haven't read them yet. Okay, well, like Ender's Shadow is just a, obviously a retelling of Ender's Game from, from the perspective Beans. of Bean, yeah. which was cool. Bean, I, I, when I was reading it like, again the second time, I was like, oh, he is a cool character. I want to know more about what his deal is. So you find out how fucked he is genetically. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be really tiny until you become a giant, and then your heart will stop working right. Yep. Is that what happens? Yeah. (laughs) I really don't want to read it now. As the series continues, Ender... And the second book picks up with Ender as like a 40-year-old, and he just goes from planet to planet speaking for the dead as this speaker... Uh, who just tries to atone for people's sins. I don't remember anything else that really happened in that book, <laughs> other than that he, he has long conversations with the Bugger Queen. And I think it maybe ends with him finding a homeworld that the Bugger that the bugger can maybe start to repopulate. Yeah, it's like a three-point world. It's like the humans, the Formics, and then the Piggies. Yeah, and that's, and that's where Xenocide picks up. What are the up. Piggies? Xenocide is, they find a, a, a world where there's another sentient race besides the humans and the buggers, and they're the piggies, right? And they're like these little tribal pigmen, basically, but what's really interesting is they their, their whole life cycle, most of the book is just talking about their life cycle, actually, uh, is they're pigs, right? But they don't start as pigs, they start as... Um, Tadpoles. Kinda. They start as trees. The trees, uh... Drop off. Scott Card, you crazy. The, tr- the trees drop off seeds or something, and then the seeds grow. So they're fruit. They're pink and then, fruit. And, and then the, when they die, they pull out the seed of their of from inside. Yeah, it looks like they're it. being slaughtered by their people. Yeah. Like, but, there's a big miscommunication where it's like, some, all of a sudden, this person look, looks weak, and then all the other tribesmen turn on them and start starts tearing them apart with their bare hands. There's always yeah. a big miscommunication that starts these wars, because that's even why the buggers attacked 
in Ender's Game. Yeah. Oh, whoops, we didn't think that you were like us because you don't have collective yeah. conscience like <laughs> right. we do. All, and, all the books are about miscommunication and between the, alien species. Yes, and then killing everybody. And then the violence that comes from Yeah, it. that's what The Forever War uh, by Joe Haldeman was about. Was, yeah. it, was, uh, it was a response uh, to uh, Starship Troopers. Where it was, you know, Starship Troopers, the novels, like this gung-ho, jingoistic, pro-fascism. And then, yeah. so it was like like World War II. And then uh, Forever War was a futuristic book with, like, power armor versus aliens, but it was Vietnam. And eventually, um, so we fight this war for a thousand years against these aliens and all this stuff. And then due to, you know, the relativistic effects of fashion light travel, this, this guy lives the entire war. He's part of the first wave and he's part of the last wave. And then what happens is humanity can't keep up with the aliens, so we start cloning. And as soon as the clones reached a certain population, they received a collective consciousness. And as soon as we did, we found out that the aliens did the same thing. Oh. And, like, they didn't know that they were fighting. Each person they killed was a sentient being. So as soon as the clone consciousness is met, the war ended instantly. Oh, interesting. And then, like, it's like, but we fought them for a thousand years and didn't understand them. Mm -hmm. But it's like... And that's kind of the same same ethos of the Ender's Game or the Enderverse or whatever they call it. They find a, a, a common ground. Ender, I think at that point, is 60 or something like that. And he helps formulate a, a peace treaty between the piggies, the humans, and uh, the buggers so they can all live together in harmony on this world. And then I bet that goes over super well. It kind of goes over well. He he meets a few other people that have that are like tortured geniuses on Earth, and they they hang out. But uh, there's not a lot really. <laughs> there's not a lot going on there. Hey, they, we're weird. We're here. And I think Ender eventually starts a family with like this Spanish colony that I lives there. For a second, there you can say his sister. His sister <laughs> with like, Ma- nah. he and Valentine. No, they grow apart, but he he still has like a weird mental fixation with her, which comes into play because remember that weird video game that he plays in Ender's Game? Well, it turns out that that artificial intelligence became sentient. And and it it expands into and they they actually hint a little bit at it in the in the original Ender's Game. It's oh, like yeah, how did this a, how did this game get a picture of Peter Wiggin? We don't have any fo- Earth fo- photos of him. Yeah. So apparently the, that artificial intelligence, uh, I forget it, what its name becomes. It's like Inya or something. I don't know. And, and it it expands into all of Earth's computers and basically becomes like this hive mind, but still loves. Uh, uh, Ender for some reason and is like Ender's best friend and hangs out with him and wants to do everything for him <laughs> and then Ender and this this computer program kind of hang out and then they're like hey you know how people are able to communicate telepathically like the the buggers and now us with the Ansible we can communicate communicate instantaneously has anyone ever ever explored how that works and then and then this computer program goes. Hey, let me think about it for a second. And then the next day, it's like, hey, I just found out there's another universe, and we could go into it, and it's where all things are made. And so they go into an alternate universe that's just essentially unmade matter. And when you go into this universe, anything you think of, I'm not making this up, anything you can think of, this matter will just become right in front of you. So they get into a ship, and the the ship controlled by Enya, the AI, they go to this other universe, and... Instantly, Valentine, but as a child, materializes in front of Ender because he thinks about her all the time. So he just essentially created her out of nothing. Hence the the name of the book, Children of the Mind. So really, that was just a big summary of why Ender's a little bit creepy. He is creepy. And <laughs> so... what's even creepier is then Ender takes 
uh, the artificial intelligence mind and then shoves it into Valentine. So he has like the perfect woman. My best friend <laughs> times two. My okay. best friend and my sister. Okay, so in addition to that being fucked up and weird, I looked up, I'm looking up the piggies, uh, Pequinos. Pequinos, yeah. On uh, on Wikipedia. Uh-huh. And um, so they don't really have a, a set sexual dimorphism where men and women look alike. They, they, they go the, the, the opposite way where they're barely even the same species. So they start as trees. The women, when they are able to reach sexual maturity, they do it before developing sentience. So they're impregnated while still non-sentient. Oh my! Oh my God! And then, and then the kids—they don't—they don't—they don't have a birth canal, so they eat their way out of their moms. Oh no! And then the only—the only moms that get to live, the only women that get to become a part of society, are the sterile ones, who uh, just become like matriarchs and like they're just there. And then what happens? And then the matriarchs require a form of avoidance speech. So they just don't talk to any of the males. And then if need be, if they move to a new part of the forest to become the mother tree where a lot of the births and all the important stuff happen, one of them uh, becomes the mother tree. Okay. So basically in this tribe, this world created from scratch by our hero, Orson Scott Card, the women are basically furniture yeah uh, or pets that the men have sex with and the only women that the only women that are allowed to not be sex furniture uh, are, are are basically useless to to continuing the species unless they give themselves up to become a tree and can't talk to the males yeah Wow. So he like he basically held on to all of his sanity like they were like chips or, or like experience points in a video game and put them all in the end of this game and then consigned his braid to the crazy void. <laughs> just like, you know, just take my mind. He had his soul. one. He's going to fuck his robot sister. Uh, there's sex furniture on this planet. And they're pigs, but they're also trees. Uh, yeah. Can't wait for the third Ender's game. Um, uh, are you guys going to see the movie? Predictions for the movie. Predictions for the movie. Well, th- didn't they make them all teenagers, so they weren't six years old? Um, they look a little older. Teen- I think they aged really? them up. Yeah, well, they, they definitely They're aged... They're not six. No, no, no. They they definitely aged them up, but I would... I want to say that they, they look about 13. Yeah, like 11 to 13. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a sweet spot. And then Bonzo, um, the beautiful one... Bonzo! He's probably like 20. <laughs> Playing a 16-year-old. Just a, yeah. just a beautiful, brown, hairless... Like no body hair, twenty year old with sculpted <laughs> eyebrows that uh, Asa Butterfield can just like. Ah. <laughs> Can't wait to get all lubed up and murder you. I I think I read that they're gonna keep the blocking out of the movie. Really, really, but that seems so exciting. Like it would really translate well to film. <laughs> Punch the keys, I, strike the keys. In one of the earlier trailers, I liked how they're like they're introducing the world, and so they're like. Humanity was doomed until the brilliant Mazer Rakim defeated them. And then it shows a guy dive-bombing into the alien ship like in Independence Day. <laughs> yeah! Our brilliant commander. Yeah! Come and get some! <laughs> in the words of my generation, up yours! <laughs> but I mean, that's like, that's we were talking about that on the drive up, is like, that's basically how it goes. Like, Ender goes into the, like, the library 
mm-hmm. like he keeps watching as much as he can from uh, uh, Mazer's battle. He watches it from oh, every yeah. angle, and he like assembles it. He talks about how the giant bugger fleet, like uh, outside of the rings of Saturn, like how they fought us all the way back and wiped out all of our colonies, and like they're closing in on Earth. And this tiny ship, this like retreating action ship, the, it was like a scout fleet or something, you know, looking completely dwarfed by the by the Formic fleet, and like the Formic fleet starts to like move like a hive, like a bunch yeah. of uh, insects flying around each other, and then he shoots one ship, and then it just cuts to like the Marines cutting into like <laughs> ships for like four and they're, just, and they're, and they're all just, dead at their controls. Yeah, dead at their controls phase one like, ships, phase two. Like phase three victory. Like it's basically like how it would happen is you yeah. would just see one guy like blow up a ship and then it's like parade. <laughs> Before we sign off, I started this podcast. You know, I just want to explore works of science fiction. So maybe briefly, say something else that you've read and would suggest people read. Hmm. Maybe uh, I could go while you guys are thinking. Um, sure. It's a Star Force series by B.V. Larson. The first book is called Swarm. And I, it's this, there's like eight or nine of these books in the series, and they're very quick reads. It's like chewing gum for your mind. It's just action. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it starts off, this guy gets uh, taken up by uh, nanotized ships who put him through a test to see if he's worthy of being a commander of that ship. He is. He starts a fleet, and it turns out those ships were weapons for a, a race of giant robots that are just spreading across the universe. Huh. And they attack Earth, and they fight them off. And the books just progress. Like, eventually he works for them as a as a deal he made with them to save Earth. You know, it's robots versus biotic beings. Mm-hmm. And so he goes to other worlds, and he just doesn't like killing biotic be- beings. So, I don't know, it's, it's just very fun. Hmm. And it, like I said, it's just chewing gum. Like, I just burned through a book. I'm like, oh, that's a lot of action and a lot of creative ways to explore, like, other alien races. Alien races that lived on gas giants, what would they be like? You mm-hmm. know, they're, like, just basically giant gas bags that could contract and expand because of the pressure. Mm-hmm. Other ones are, like, worms that communicate just through pictures, but they develop space technology. So, so you're saying, like, <laughs> each like each planet he goes to to try to kill is, like, a different sentient being? Yeah, like, there, there's also stargates. They go through rings uh, uh, okay. that um, <laughs> Literal are hidden. Some contain, like, two or three beings, and they make alliances. Huh. Cool. Yeah, I, I, would, I would suggest that Star Force series by B.V. Larson. The first one's called Swarm. Mm-hmm. How about you guys? Uh, well, I've most recently, it's sort of a classic and probably not a releva- uh, not a revelation to our listeners, but um, I've been reading The Illustrated Man by Ray Bradbury, which is one of his f- more famous collections of short stories. And not all of them are sci-fi, but enough of them are that I think it's relevant. But it's just a great read. It is, it is just like um, the trail mix of the mind, because everything you eat, uh, every short story you read is just a, a different flavor and a different subtext like that there's a great story about these kids who um are uh being taught by a computer house and then it turns out that they are spending a little bit too much time in like the dreamatorium kind of room where they get anything that happens um 
anything that happens in the room is whatever their heart desires. And spending then spending too much time online. Pretty much, and the parents try to take the dream, like the the dream, dreamatorium room away, and then they go in, and it turns out they've turned it into like a jungle safari. And then they notice that there's like bodies being eaten by lions every time they go in, and then. Uh, Gradually, they recognize that, like, the scarf of one of the bodies is, like, the, the what the parents wear. And then it ends, essentially, with the dreamatorium becoming real and eating the, the parents. And then there's another one with, like, astronauts falling through space and realize that the, it's literally gravity. <laughs> like, the movie Gravity. Uh, like, their ship's been destroyed and they realize they're going to die. Uh, and they're just sort of like, what do you do at that time as that you slowly descend? Yeah. So, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, Ellen? Um, I'd like to recommend a YA series that my book club's crazy about, the Divergent series by Veronica Roth. Uh-huh. That, that got picked up, right? It's going to be a movie? Yes. I think it was It was made into a failed pilot. That's what I was trying to look up, which um, I was going to talk about, but I'm, I'm trying to confirm that. But also, yes. if you like drinking and literature, you could check out Ellen's pot, or uh, web series yes. drunk literature yes you can go to youtube.com slash drunk lit and watch drunk people talk about books that i like and the illustrated result so yes check it out matt suggestions um i am uh it sucks because uh i didn't start reading him until he died because all these people whose work i like and respect recommended him uh, when he died of cancer, is Ian M. Banks, and Ian is I-A-I-N. And he basically created this, uh, he's done a lot of different genres, but his sci-fi books um, are called The Culture. And it basically writes a bunch of different books about a bunch of different people, but it's all within the same universe. It's like the star, what the Star Wars expanded universe could be. Like, sometimes he writes about pirates, and sometimes he writes about, like, the secret agents, and sometimes he talk, he writes about these... Uh, planet-sized supercomputers or or uh, hive mind spaceship fleets and he just does entire novels from like each of their perspectives and stuff which is fascinating as someone who would like to be a writer someday it is humbling that he can do all of that and then um there's another guy philip palmer who does a similar thing where he creates this universe and then writes about like all the different stuff but his stuff is much uh darker uh palmer is much darker more nihilistic than uh banks but it's it's interesting because it's like i created this universe it is not a one-off but i'm going to write about like a doomed science expedition on a a truly hostile planet or i'm going to write about a uh, space pirates trying to outrun the law and they kidnap like the earth like the earth species president's mom and like the the ramifications of that and stuff but yeah it's interesting i i, I really like the idea of like a shared universe um and both these both those guys uh ian m banks and philip palmer do a good job if you guys have suggestions for books for us to talk about you can send an email to my arms are lasers at gmail.com we're also on twitter at my arms are lasers i think oh, yeah we're on twitter neat yeah yeah cool i think i did that Thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys. Actually, maybe soon we'll do a comparison of Ender's Game, the book, and the movie. Yeah, Yeah. a little nugget, if you will. My name's Nick. You can follow me at Godemus Prime on Twitter. My name's Aaron Walkie. You can follow me at Good Aaron. My name's Ellen Tremity. You can follow me on Twitter at ETPhoneH. I'm Matt Lohman. You can follow me at Lat Moman. And thank you guys for listening again. Thank you, sci-fi fans. Oh, oh my god, my arms! There's lasers! Bugs! Everywhere! Pew pew pew! pew.
<laughs> Zero gravity gym time. <laughs> Laser tag. Sibling love. Aw. Oh my god, I hope that part's not in the movie. <laughs> the blogging. <laughs> oh my god, the I brother and sister once. blogging at each other. <laughs> Lasers. Let's read books.